welcome to episode 57 of the Amanda Wagner podcast, the place for fiercely ambitious entrepreneurs and leaders who want to get off the sidelines, be known for something that matters, and claim their spotlight. In this episode, LP and I are going to revisit our experiences of ambition and what this means for us. I'm going to share how I deeply experience the I want it all, I want it now feeling of big ambition. And we're going to discuss some of the ways that we have seen and anticipate seeing changes in ambition when it comes to things like life transitions. Plus, I'm going to share one thing that was shared with me that really keeps me going and keeps that pilot light burning. Plus, this is a very exciting episode for me. I have an announcement and I'm going to share why this topic is particularly close to my heart and on my mind and has been for quite a while. I'm Amanda Wagner, a business strategist, coach, and professional speaker. And I'm Liz Pittman, a digital communications specialist. The Amanda Wagner podcast is the place for ambitious leaders and entrepreneurs who are done shopping for shortcuts, no longer waiting for an invitation to do what they want, and are ready to claim their spotlight. On this podcast, we talk about the challenges and triumphs of ambition and bravery, living thoughtfully and strategically in a noisy world, and share our experiences as entrepreneurs with big ambition. If you have been around for a while, you know that I love talking about ambition. It is probably my favorite word. It is one of those things that when I hear it come up on on TV or in a podcast, I'm instantly queued up and going, what are they saying? I believe that my ambition, this sort of unquenchable thirst to achieve something big, drives me in so many ways and has become such a big part of my identity. It's also a big part of my thought leadership, what I want to be known for, what I want to share with others, what I want to talk about, and how I find my people. If you are a fiercely ambitious people like I am and like Liz is, she's here nodding her head, you may have experienced the ebbs and flows and found that your ambition can drive you and sometimes even inconvenience you. In my experience, my ambition drives me and sometimes it drives me mad and sometimes it's exhausting. I found myself having moments of wishing that I could quote unquote settle or dreaming of what it would be like if I was content with being content, with things just being enough. And it's taken me a while to embrace the fact that that's not really how I'm built, especially when it comes to my work life. Maybe there are some elements of my life where enoughness is okay or where content is the goal. But when it comes to my career and what I'm looking for, big ambition is is where I thrive. I want it all. I want it now. Uh, Liz, what is your experience of being a fiercely ambitious person? Well, I have always been an ambitious person. It's always been there. It does ebb and flow, like you mentioned. But if I have my sights set on something and it's something that I have determined that I really want, good luck stopping me in trying to achieve that. So uh, yeah, it's always been something that's been really evident in my life. And I don't think that I had necessarily named it as ambition until really until you and I started working together. It was just an element of my personality, but I have determined that yes, that is ambition. And that's a big part of, of my DNA. I've also experienced this feeling of 
am I ambitious or am I stubborn? And trying to figure out how these things coexist, where I will push myself perhaps too far. And some people might see that as stubbornness or as a, an unwillingness to concede, but maybe that is just part of ambition and maybe that's okay. I think that the two are really closely aligned. I think if you asked my partner if I'm a stubborn person, he'd be nodding his head before you even finish asking the question. So I think that the the two definitely are aligned and, and I have no problem with that. <laughs> exactly. I again it's part of part of the DNA, part of what makes me me. And good thing there are people like us because there are many people who are not. So it, we need all sorts of people. In the last two years, I've had the absolute treat of working with more and more ambitious people. And it's not only validating to know that I'm not alone, I'm not the only one experiencing this, but it's given me some new perspective on how ambition might change. So some of the examples um, that I think of are people who have pressed pause on their ambition for a variety of reasons. So for some people, it might be financial right? Especially when it comes to something like entrepreneurship or leadership, people have a goal in mind. Maybe it's taking longer than they thought. And so they have to make different decisions to make sure that they have what my coach calls a financial oxygen. Sometimes it's about a lifestyle change. Maybe it's something like a move or a change in circumstances. Sometimes it has to do with relationships with others, changes in partners, families, kids, your overall life structure of, of how your day-to-day -day routine goes. And sometimes it's about changing your mind and maybe needing to pump the brakes. LP, can you think of any other examples of when either yourself or people you know have had to alter their course and, and put their ambition perhaps in the backseat for a while? I think something that people have been dealing with a lot, especially in the last couple of years, is burnout. When that burnout comes through and you just don't have the give a shit to carry on with the pace that you wanted or that you are used to. Ambition needs, you need to pump the brakes or you, you're not going to be able to continue forward and, and, and live ahead healthy life. <laughs> so I think burnout can, can definitely be something that has an impact on your ambition. That's a really thoughtful way of putting that together. Not every pocket or area of your life can also have this high level of drive and ambition. So for me, like I said, it's, it's very much about my career, very much about where I want to be. I want to be on stages. I want to be at the scale of Oprah. And it means that some other pieces like cooking, I'm okay having the same eight meals on rotation. That is just an area where, where my ambition isn't fired up all the time. Um, when I think about ambition and pauses, it scares the shit out of me. I'm not going to lie because I talk and I think walk a pretty big game. I know what I want. I'm unapologetic about it. And so for me, the idea of pausing or having any sort of step back or having to back burner is very scary. Um, and I am about to have a baby and I haven't shared that publicly. Um, 
on the day that this is released. It's, it's coming out April 6th. I'm actually due to have a baby today. So I am, of course, recording this a little bit early um, with Liz. Of course, Liz knows and has been a, an absolute star in, in helping me out and coming to my city and cooking for me all weekend. And people who've seen me in, in person, of course, know, but I have intentionally kept it off of social media for a few, uh, for a few reasons. And part of that is because of this fear that I have for somebody who talks about ambition and is all about wanting more and wanting it all and wanting it now. I have a tiny human that is going to impact that not only from the perspective of routine and lifestyle and what it looks like for my partner and I, but also just my brain space. What can I devote to this? How is it going to change? So for many months and weeks, I have kept this little secret behind my desk in Zoom calls. I've kept it off social media and it is close to my chest. This has all been a choice. It has not been an accident. Uh, and of course, in the last few months, you can, can definitely tell if you see me in person. The three main reasons that I kept this news quiet was because I didn't want anyone to decide when I could or couldn't work or wait to call me or say, maybe we'll find someone else. We'll call her in two years. I wanted to be able to make that decision for me. I'm glad I did. That is a, a call that I'm very pleased that I, I made in late fall last year. I found out I was pregnant in August. So I've, I've known, of course, for a while. And in late fall, when working on contracts for 2022, I was very strategic about planning my time off. If you've been around for a while, you know that I always take July off. So that's part of it. I'm also taking April off and moving a little bit slower in the spring and summer. And so being able to have those conversations on my terms was so empowering for me. The second reason I kept it quiet is because my partner, Robin, likes privacy. He's not on social media and it was important to him that we have something that just kind of exists in our home, in our space with our friends. And it was really important to, to me to respect that. And that third reason is that I am incredibly aware, sometimes to a fault of my brand presence. And I've kept many elements of my personal life off of social media and out of my brand story on purpose because I don't know at this point how my pregnancy contributes to what I am talking about. Is having a baby going to change my life? Absolutely it will. In ways that I cannot predict and I cannot imagine. And for now, I wanted to kind of play with that experience without having to share it. Interestingly, in our next episode, Liz and I are going to deep dive into this last piece and revisit a conversation that we had on episode 24 about what we reveal and what we conceal and how authenticity and transparency are different where we think they fit. Finally, I also just really fell in love with telling people in person and telling people who were in my Zoom room my, my clients, my friends, the people that I saw to get to be able to stand up from behind my desk and do a bump reveal was a really special thing for me. And I 
was able to soak up the energy from those experiences and reactions. Um, the big yeah, but, or question mark, of course, is that I've had to face some of my fears around what might happen to my ambition. And like I said, that scares the shit out of me. Will I be able to carry on the path that I want to? I don't want to be somebody who puts my career to the side for 10 years and then comes back and no shade at the people who make that decision. That is absolutely up to you. For me, it doesn't feel like the right one. I am unapologetically one of the most ambitious people I know. And I'm sure I have pissed people off when I have said that I don't want my tombstone to read wife and mother, because I know how important that is to many people's identity. I want my tombstone to reflect that I've changed the world in some capacity. And that doesn't mean that being a wife or mother isn't important. It just is a reflection of what I want. Liz, I wanna call you in here. When I told you I was pregnant, how did that make you think about my level of ambition, even perhaps our work together? or what you thought might happen, or if, if there's anything that you, that kind of came up for you. I am lucky enough to not only just work with you, we are very good friends. So I feel like I have a bit of an inside track on you as it is. Uh, obviously I, I had questions. What does this mean? How will things change? You know, you and I have talked about this before. Like I knew there was always a possibility that we were going to we were going to hit this, this milestone. So I had questions about what does our working relationship look like, but it was more logistical things. Like when is AW going to take time off? When is she going to come back? How do we prepare content? <laughs> Boring things like that. And never have I ever considered your ambition because ambition and Amanda are a package deal for me. Uh, I never think of them as separate entities. You are an ambitious person. Sure, things might change, but that didn't ever come into the equation for me is uh, because that is who you are. I more just thought of the, about the boring details. Do we announce it? When do we announce it? Do you need me to write any copy? Do you need me to look anything over? It was just <laughs> boring stuff like that. And I, of course, was just overjoyed uh, with the news as well. It's been really tough for me because I am so hands-on in your account and I'm so happy for you that I've known this little secret. And also I haven't been able to talk about it because I'm, I'm just so delighted for you and Robin and, and for this next chapter. But no, my questions were all the boring stuff. I love that because someone <laughs> needs to take care of that. <laughs> I, I didn't know how much I needed to hear that, that my ambition and I are a package deal. I needed to hear that um, because it definitely was and is still a big thing on my mind. I, I think a lot about how we are multifaceted humans, that we get to change our minds and making a change doesn't mean we're giving up on something or that we're phoning it in. I've seen people, especially women, resist these changes or be upset with the fact that they have to make compromises. But when I look at the circumstances these people are navigating, like some of the ones I mentioned above, financial relationship, geography, it makes sense that sometimes what used to be the number one focus needs a backseat for a while. And when it's time, it can shuffle again. 
what was really interesting for me, we were like a little bit hippie, which is great for us. We hired a doula. And when we first met her, she said the, the fourth trimester for people who don't have kids, like I very much get not understanding all the weeks and terms and things. Cause I, people used to tell me their weeks and I'm like, I'm just going to divide it by four and then tell you how many months that is. So when, when she first met with us, she said the, the three months after you have a baby is not about putting things on the back burner. It's about unplugging the stove. And that gave me some intense comfort and also some intense fear going is, is my career something I'm willing to unplug for a while? And for me, it's not, but I'm going to unplug, unplug it in some ways and find some ways to keep it going. And Liz and I have sat down and talked about like, what's important in terms of content, in terms of consistency, what needs to keep happening and what can change. So I think there's a lot to be said for accepting some of the ebbs and flows and accepting that they are inevitable and that it doesn't make you less ambitious. And I find that incredibly comforting. So going through this life transition, which again, many people are going through many different transitions. I don't know if you have to choose. And for our family to make this decision was definitely a big one. And we are very grateful and and lucky to have been able to build such flexible lives that will allow it. And I think this this change is going to be fascinating to watch. And I, of course, get to, to choose which parts of it I share. I will tell you that my Instagram feed will not become a flurry of maternity photos and baby photos. Um, of course, I'll share some because, I mean, I a friend of mine calls this child mini bangs. And another friend of mine saw an ultrasound picture and said, oh, it has your bangs. So hopefully this child has bangs and red lipstick which would be quite fitting. Uh, I think there's, there's a lot to look forward to and there's a lot to be curious about. And when I saw my sister in February, she shared a particularly um, influential poetic whatever line from the Billy Joel song, She's Always a Woman, which at first I was like, this sounds cheesy, not sure how this connects. But he sings about this idea of a modern woman and his love for her. And he says, she takes care of herself. She can wait if she wants. She's ahead of her time. And she never gives out and she never gives in. She just changes her mind. And when she shared that with me, I thought, okay, this speaks to me as an ambitious person. This speaks to me as somebody who believes that we can change our minds. We have a lot of agency and I have the privilege of having agency. And I hope that this connects with our, our ambitious listeners. We don't give up. We don't give in. We can wait and we get to change our minds. And isn't that a wonderful place to be in? We're also no more or no less because we want change in our lives. And we're allowed to want more than one thing, even if it challenges us. All of that said, I'm determined not to stop completely. I am stopping for April. My out of office is on. Liz is taking care of Instagram. The podcast episodes will be recorded. 
and some things are going to slow down, but maybe they won't all slow down. Maybe I'll fall in love with being a parent and maybe I won't. Maybe my body and my energy will need more time to recover and maybe they won't. And that's where it really comes down to some of the planning that I've done. For me, I've put three things in place that I'm going to keep in my corner and on my mind, knowing how important it is for me to keep my pilot light on. And my hope is that in sharing some of these, anybody else who's going through some sort of life transition or who is anticipating one can, can look at one, two, or three of these and go, okay, yes, I can keep this going, even if it's not at the same capacity. So for me, the first thing that's, that's keeping my pilot light on is instead of feeling this fear, I'm trying to be curious. I know it sounds really cheesy, um, but I really think about how I'm like, oh, this scares the shit out of me. I'm so afraid to lose my ambition. If I can approach that from a place of like, I'm curious to see what happens. Curious to see what my instinct is. Curious to see how far I can push myself or how much I have to take care of myself in a better way than I have. Because especially at this point, at, at the time of this recording, I am, oh God, I'm one of these annoying people. I'm 38 weeks pregnant, which means I am halfway through month nine. So I, I'm two weeks away from, from my due date. I know that I am not taking as good of care of myself as other people are. Other people are taking better care of me than I am. And so I need those people, which again is my, my second sort of strategy, which is that I've called in my people. I've asked them to check in with me. I explicitly ask people like Liz and my best friend, Danielle from New Zealand, who showed up on my doorstep about a month ago and said that she would be here until I had my baby, which of course there were, there were tears and screams and all of the things. Um, I have asked these people to really pay attention to when I'm going too hard and remind me slash gently force me to rest because I do get really intense. So I've asked them to help me rest, but I've also asked them to check in with me to make sure I'm still having adult conversations, that I still have opportunities to use my work brain when I want to and when I need to. And to still invite me to things and involve me in conversations and let me make the decision about what I can or can't handle. Robin and I said to, to many of our friends in the beginning, please still invite us to parties. Let us say yes or no. Don't just assume that we can't come because that social element is really important to us. And that third thing, which I think is definitely related to having kids, but I don't know if it has to be. Uh, my friend Kate recommended this book called The Postnatal Depletion Cure with a warning that even though it's endorsed by Goop, it isn't all goopy. So I, I needed that. The author talks about four things needed to bring yourself back from depletion. And it specifically talks about postpartum depletion, but I really think that like Liz brought up this element of burnout, there are ways that we can take care of ourselves to keep us going. And the author uses the acronym SPAN, S-P-A-N. And he talks about sleep, purpose, activity, and nutrition. 
Admittedly, I just bought the book and I am a few pages in. I can tell you that some of the pieces don't totally connect with me. For example, I don't want to self-assess my zinc levels. Um, but oh boy, seeing purpose in there just lit me up and told me that I am not alone in reflecting on and spending time demonstrating my purpose and knowing that that will work to my advantage to come from a place of, of depletion or less energy or burnout, even to know that having purpose can help pull us out of that makes me feel much better about my ambition, perhaps my stubbornness. About two weeks ago, I, I had a client out of town, Robin and I drove there together and about 20 minutes into the hour long drive, we had to do a a pullover on the side of the road to get rid of some of the contents of my stomach. I was not feeling great. And Robin immediately said, so we're turning back, right? I said, no, we're not. We're going to keep going. And this is my stubbornness. And then he said, I, I want you to know, I disagree with this decision. And I said, yeah, I know. But for me, it meant more to get it done and to, to work with this team and to know that I wasn't moving anything to May that I could still do this. I don't know if I made the right choice. I don't think that if it was anybody else, I would say, no, take care of yourself first. But sometimes we, we give advice that we ourselves don't take. So long story, incredibly long. I would love to know from our audience of ambitious people, how do you navigate life transitions that have the potential to compromise your ambition or make you reconsider or change it? And how do you make sure that you don't lose it? For me, it's about curiosity. It's about finding my people who will keep me going. And it's about reading things around purpose and how that still counts and how I get to change my mind. I don't have to pick one or the other. So I would love if you would join us on Instagram and, and help me out. How do you navigate life transitions that might change or challenge your ambition? Liz, do you have any final thoughts to share with this topic, knowing what you know? And yes, the fact that we, we do work together and we are friends. How does this connect with you? You keep saying you don't know if you've made the right choice or yeah, not. Yeah. And I think that you may never know, or you might know, not know that answer for a few years. I think hindsight is going to be your biggest tool here. And not to say that you're, you're spending too much energy considering whether or not you've made the right choice, but I think take it off of your worry list to borrow an Amandaism, take it off your worry list. I think that you have done an incredible job of juggling all of the things over the last nine months. And I'm so excited for you for the next chapter. And I'm happy to be one of your people who's here to support in, in all of the, the work and non-work ways. It's funny because obviously I know <laughs> that you're <laughs> expecting and I've been to your house recently. So I know what your office looks like, but it is, I feel like a tiny little giveaway via Zoom because I can see you bouncing on your ball over there. <laughs> Like your whole body is moving and a typical computer chair doesn't do that. So I'm just saying that's a little hint to those people 
who you haven't told on Zoom yet is that you're buoyant over there. <laughs> I am. Yes, I have the giant ball underneath me. That is true. And if you looked further down, you'd also see that I'm wearing compression socks because nice. pregnancy is glamorous. And all of my rings have had to move down one finger because everything is puffy and swollen. <laughs> puffy or not I'm excited for you and I think that this has been a wonderful thing to endeavor together on the work front and it's been it's been a delight to be able to be your friend through all of this as well thank you it's been so cool to see some of my friends and my peers go through this and to also watch them and and start to ask questions how did you do this how did you navigate your schedule how did you navigate timing with your partner and with having a newborn what are the resources that you need it it really kind of put don't ask don't get into perspective and i asked a lot of questions so even though i i definitely keep a layer of privacy i will also share absolutely anything with an individual person so if anybody does have have questions about how i did it how i'm making it work what leave looks like again i don't have the right answer i have the answer that worked for me or that i am about to try and i will tell you if it all if it all blows up but Thank you for, for sharing that and for being on board with, with keeping this secret. I know it was hard at times, um, but I'm really, I'm really excited. I can't wait to listen to this episode and uh, we call, we call the baby our little pierogi. So we'll have a, we'll have a little pierogi soon and I can't wait to share more of that as it is appropriate, which brings us to what our next episode is going to be about. Liz and I are revisiting a conversation that we started back on episode 24 about the difference between authenticity and transparency, where we talk about how you can be authentic in what you share and talk about and still have privacy. I'm going to bring my understanding and experience to the table, especially as somebody who is undergoing a big life change and didn't share about it until this moment. And we're really going to dig into LP's expertise as a digital media specialist, the advice she offers her clients and brands about how much is too much when it comes to sharing, how to decide what is public and what might be better suited to a personal account, or maybe a phone call or text chat with your friends, and how she herself navigates this as somebody who is building a brand and a business and is a human being at the same time. I can't wait to dig into this topic and to really kind of put Liz at the forefront for her expertise so that I can learn, but also so that I can, you know, complain and share about some of the things that drive me absolutely bonkers on social media. In the meantime, please share with us how you navigate being an ambitious person and experience life transitions at the same time and stay tuned. I will, of course, share some really outstanding maternity photos by the incredibly talented Dallas Kiro. Um, if anybody has contacts at Vogue, this is your chance. Call your network. These are magazine worthy. I'll tell you that. Um, the cat's out of the bag. So I will check in occasionally on the gram. Please know that if I don't respond right away or if you get a message from Liz, know that I'm seeing your words, reading them and using your ideas to help me out even if I don't respond right away. I will be taking a bit of time off, but rest assured I am not giving up and I am not giving in. I'm just taking some time. During that time, you can contact me on the gram 
via Amanda's account or mine at Liz Pittman. I will be on Instagram a whole bunch over the next little while, which is just fine with me. If you're looking for any sort of social media help or digital storytelling assistance, feel free uh, to reach out to me. Fantastic. I have been so looking forward to sharing this news. And while we are recording in late March and this episode comes out April 6th, we will see if this little pierogi of ours arrives in time and know that I will share when it does and that is when I'm gonna get to to soak up some of the magic that some of my other pregnant friends have have been able to to really enjoy and bask in and people congratulating and celebrating. So I can't wait for some of that. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to our next episode. Which will be out in two weeks. And until then, we will see you on the internet. I'm just so excited. Do you want to see my bump today? I am bumping. Yeah, I do. Very Show it off. As I get off my ball, I did have somebody say like, is your chair just really slidey? I'm like, no, it's a giant ball. Yeah. Yeah. You're pretty buoyant over there. Oh, look at that beach ball. It's a beach ball. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a thing. No pierogi. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs>